Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast, Council Cast. Uh, today, I think we're going to talk about a couple of different things. Um, but I, one thing that's on my mind, I don't know about you, Katie, is uh, is Pokemon. Have Have you heard of Pokemon Go? It's uh, a few people are playing it. I have heard that a few people have gained some interest in it recently. I mean, even I am up to date on it. And I never played Pokemon. Like the traditional mm-hmm. game, did you mm-hmm. play that? I did. Yep. So it became fairly popular when I was in like third grade, I think. So I was the perfect age for it. I did. I collected the cards. I don't know if I ever actually knew how to play the game, but I did collect the cards. I didn't know how to play the card game, that is. And then I, I uh, played a lot of the video games as well. Um, growing up, I, I had a Game Boy and played the games and and watched the show. So yeah, it was it was popular in my friend group growing up. So. So I'm familiar with it, uh, but I'm not playing the Pokemon Go game currently. Um, not out of choice, but mostly out of outdated technology. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it, it is popular, uh, and and for our our millions of listeners, um, I'm sure you've heard about it all over. And and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit again today. Um, so I don't know, maybe just to kind of give people, I don't know if there's two or three people out there who haven't heard of it or maybe don't know how it works, but what it is, it's an augmented reality game, uh, a mobile-based game where basically you, you fire it up, you have a little avatar, and this avatar appears over basically what is a, uh, just Google Maps with sort of a cartoon filter over the top, and, uh, there are various locations that, um, might be the form of, uh, fountains or artwork or buildings or churches or police stations by the sound of it uh, just various landmarks that are Pokemon gyms and uh, you walk along and um, your phone will vibrate and tell you there's a Pokemon nearby you can catch it and uh, basically when you click and, and you're you're capturing it your camera opens up and then what it does is just show your environment around you with the Pokemon on it and you throw the Pokeballs catch it try to collect them all level them up and and battle at the gyms so that's kind of how it works um, but really, there's some interesting um, ideas coming out, and of course, no scientific evidence at this point because it's it's brand new, basically. But some an- anecdotal evidence showing that uh, this might really kind of be changing um, and getting people exercising. Really, it's getting people up because you have to move around, you have to be outside to catch the Pokemon. So it's getting people outside, it's getting them walking, moving, and uh, there's a lot of people talking about how it's getting them interacting with strangers, getting people talking. There's, uh, I saw even here in Fargo, they're having a Gotta Catch Em All pub crawl coming up, so kind of a Pokemon-based pub crawl, and there's some other meetups going on. So I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Do you have any thoughts, Katie, about just uh, from a psychology perspective, just maybe some of the implications of, of a game like this? I've definitely seen a lot more people walking around outside and being active and in in general I think we know that there's pretty clear evidence that getting more physical activity tends to be related to better physical and and certainly mental health so that seems like it could certainly be a positive thing. You mentioned the pub crawl which I had heard about too and I think that's an interesting part of this is it does seem to span the age range where there are adults, but also kids who are interested in mm-hmm. playing this. So it seems like something that's really captured a large group of people. My phone is also outdated, and I don't think oh, I can sure. play on my phone, so I should say I don't have any first-hand experience with it either. Mm-hmm. When I was at lunch the other day, there were some people playing it while um, we were sitting at lunch, 
and um, the restaurant owner was very interested in, in how many Pokemon were there, and, and so that it did seem like there was an instant common connection yeah. that people were interested mm-hmm. in playing the game, at least about the game. I don't know that they spoke beyond that, so I think some of that interpersonal interaction could be helpful as well. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think the two biggest things that uh, that we're seeing are, are the exercise and then the, the personal interaction, and and like you said, these are things that have pretty clear and indirect benefits um, in regards to mood and and just overall feeling feeling well. Um, I think maybe I'm in the minority, and I feel afraid to even say this because the game is so popular and been so well received. But I think there are some negative parts about it too. I'm wondering about. Um, I've so one thing I heard about in the news. I don't know if you heard about this, Katie. Was uh, a, I think it was a group of teenagers, uh, older teenagers, who were basically using the uh, using an item in the game that that uh, attracts more Pokemon in the in a park at nighttime, and they were luring people in by using this item to to generate more Pokemon, and then ended up actually robbing them um, at gunpoint. Uh, they they were apprehended quickly, from what I understand, but they did rob a number of people, from what I read. Um, so that's certainly one thing that that I've heard about being a negative. I, other things come to mind too. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's well. It's frightening to think. I mean, those people. True, they they might have. It's true to say that they might have found some other way to lure people in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's the fault of the game, but no. it does. But the point that sounds like it could be there is that maybe people wouldn't have put them. They maybe they wouldn't have gone to that situation not paying as much of attention if it weren't for playing this game and or maybe it enhanced the ability of these people to commit the crime a little bit again i don't blame it on the game but it is scary to hear that people find a way to take something that seems generally like a positive fun thing and turn it into something that could be dangerous or to put people in harm's way no i agree completely and i think it's a good point to make uh, in no way, when I criticize the game, I think there are. It, I mean, it seems like there are a lot of positive benefits. Um, speaking from a potential mental health perspective, um, and and I think what what I would urge people to do is keep the common sense in mind too, and and try to you know just like you would in any situation, Pokemon or otherwise, is to be mindful of where you are. Um, go with someone else don't don't wander through the park at nighttime alone mm-hmm. um and and you know just to be mindful and, and to be safe and be cautious i think is, is what i would urge and the other thing that i've seen even you know at with much more commonality is kind of people wandering into the road mm-hmm. looking at their phone or they're driving and it's clear they're doing something else now i don't know that they were playing pokemon but it seems likely just based on their behavior, and people yes. have problems looking at their phone anyway yep. while they're in their car. But it seems like this is really engaging and um, could could potentially be dangerous. So I guess that kind of stuff I worry about. And then there are other things I've seen a couple of news articles. Again, I feel like we're like raining on the parade of Pokemon <laughs> fun, too. and we don't even play it, so maybe <laughs> that damages some of our credibility. <laughs> but I also saw an article saying that people at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. We're playing Pokemon in there, and that that concerns me because oh, I feel like, you know, if the benefits of the fun part of it and everything yep. are actually taking you out of some other types of enriching, important experiences or perhaps negatively impacting others, that could be one downside. And I, I guess we see this a lot in psychology where 
it's too much of a good thing, or maybe just yeah. in general in life, where there are a lot of benefits, but sometimes if it's something so engaging that people might lose track of what you said is kind of like their common sense or common courtesy or something like that, and that could have a downside to it. Oh, absolutely. I, I think you're right. And I think I, I think we're going to see some changes maybe with some of it. I can imagine that, you know, I've heard of other things too, and I've seen actually a number of posts from various police stations, even locally, um, just asking that people not come into the police station or loiter around the police station um, trying to catch Pokemon because it seems like, uh, at least in the little I've heard about it, that police station seems to seem to be Pokemon gyms within the game, which hmm. I think was an interesting choice maybe for the game creators. Um, but so I've seen that, and I think I, I'm wondering, and I'm curious to see how will how is this all going to evolve because it's kind of a big deal uh, right now. I mean, at the time of this recording. I think there are more Pokemon users uh, or people playing the Pokemon Go uh, mobile game than there are people like doing any other app or anything like wow. that right now. So it is a huge deal, and it's certainly like in the scope of just uh, a week or maybe it's something like that. It's been out. I think uh, seem to have a significant impact um, on like a pretty large slice of society, just in getting people up and getting them out of their house and, and wandering around which there are a lot of really great things about too, but it'll be interesting to see how it evolves because I can imagine there are certain businesses or certain locations like a police station or, or the Holocaust Museum that don't really care for to be recognized as a, a Pokemon hub maybe. Mm -hmm. So I'll be curious to see how this all evolves. Um, overall, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts overall? It, maybe to relate things back to our blog, we like to give things a little bit of a rating. Mm -hmm. uh, would you Do you think this Pokemon Go is a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Somewhere in the middle? Yet to be determined? I, what are your impressions? I mean, based on, uh, like you said, neither of us has actually even played the game, so we are... But we shouldn't uh, let that stop us from speculating absolutely and, not. and making widespread conclusions. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, one, one thing, so... I'm not evading the rain question. I think it's a sure. good question, but I think it is, some of the to-be-determined part is true. Yes. So I think it has told us a lot of interesting things. So we now know that something that engages a ton of people and what the psychology of that could be channeled in positive and negative ways is yes. some of the stuff we've talked about. I've seen a few people joke about making sure to put, it's called a pokey stop, where they, or what do they call where the actual I, location? You're, I think you're right. But they, yes. there are some, there are some people I think kind of joking about putting some of their rare Pokemon again. That's a thing, right? There. Yep. Some, okay. In um, polling locations in November, so we can turn out a better oh, vote. Oh, very interesting. Thing. And so, I think again, I think people were kind of joking about that. But it's a good idea that if you once you've captured people's minds, can you use it for positive things like participation and voting or things like that? And I'm wondering what is so engaging about it. Having not played it, but I've mm -hmm. looked at it and had it explained to me, is there something really reinforcing about collecting them? Or what, mm -hmm. what do you think gets people so hooked? No, it's a great question that I don't know that I ultimately have a great answer mm -hmm. for. But I think there is something about the collecting. Um, it, it, I think that might, that might be the biggest piece. So I think it's a two-part answer. First, you know, collecting things and has always been popular. People have collected things forever. I mean, you know, stamps, coins, cards, uh, action figures, comic books, etc., uh, etc. Et so there's something gratifying and in, in engaging about collecting, even if it's um, digital monsters who you're basically 
using to battle one another, uh, <laughs> which is an interesting <laughs> concept in and of itself. Yeah. But there is something interesting about uh, or engaging and fulfilling about collecting. And I also think uh, a huge part of it is, is the nostalgia factor, I'm wondering, um, because a lot of, you know, maybe I don't know, I don't know exactly the, the age generation, but I think a lot of people who are in kind of my age range, um, and Pokemon's still popular today with the younger generation, and the show is still on today. Um, so I think that it's really a pretty wide sweep of, of the population that's, um, you know, enjoyed Pokemon. Maybe it's people like myself who played Pokemon as a child, who maybe these people who are like my age are sharing it with their children now, or maybe it's children today who like Pokemon, but now they're sharing it with their parents now. This app mm-hmm. is, is a, a thing, this new mobile game. So I think it's it's something, you know, nostalgic, and it's, it brings people together. And, uh, and, you know, I think just the collecting, collecting them is fun. Uh, yeah, I think that those are probably the biggest pieces of what's getting people so interested and engaged and, and, uh, yeah, and just kind of hooked on this thing. And I think, I don't know, part of me wonders too, there's some interesting ideas that are floating around just kind of how our, we're basically become trained by our smartphones, um, just because they're always with us. And basically like we're conditioned to respond to, you know, if we feel our phone vibrate in our pocket or we see our screen light up. And I think they really tapped into that too. Just even in something so simple as your phone just vibrates when there's a Pokemon nearby. So your automatic response to just get the phone out and start Mm -hmm. engaging with the app in that way. So I'm wondering if that doesn't play a part of it too, just in overall how smartphones have changed society. And I think this app is going to take advantage of that and and push it further. So I don't know. Those are some of the ideas that I have. Yeah, it seems like the developers certainly have found a way, I mean, to engage that many people that quickly. And so I, I think you're right, using it through smartphone and the nostalgia and it's an interesting combination and also just to comment on it is sweet to see kids and parents bond over this stuff and do these things together and for a lot of those situations I do think there are the safety measure components like Mm -hmm. we're going to do this but make sure that we're um, doing this in a safe way where we're not wandering into some situation and not paying attention or you know that that kind of thing and so I think there are a lot of people doing that too but there is you're right, the, the kind of training to respond to our phones. If that happens while you're doing something else, like, does it happen when you're driving, too? Can it? Oh, it, oh, absolutely. It yep. oh, okay. Nope, it does. And, in fact, I I know there's been at least a couple accidents. I know of one person specifically uh, who, uh, through my Facebook feed, I mm-hmm. saw they were in a car accident because yeah. they were trying to catch a Pokemon while they were driving. Mm-hmm. So, And I know there's even some, I've seen some people uh, sharing an image that's floating around and I don't know if you've seen or not, but it basically just says uh, something along the lines of don't Pokemon and drive, it's something like that, mm-hmm. which I think is, is a, a good thing. And I've even seen some, like, uh, overhead uh, or over-the-road street signs, you know, um, saying don't Pokemon while you're driving. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important. And I think my overall perception of it is I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. It's obviously getting people outside. Uh, which is good, getting them into the sun a little bit, mm-hmm. getting them exercising and walking around. Because I don't know if you knew about this component, but you can get Pokemon eggs, and to get them to hatch, mm. you have to walk a certain distance. Oh. And the more, I don't know, rare the egg, I think, the further you have to walk. So it's it's really motivating people to get moving and walking and interacting and meeting new people and maybe going to social events that they wouldn't have otherwise done. But I think you just have to keep that, you know, keep in mind your common sense and, and, and remember, don't, I mean, don't trespass. Don't go yeah. into places you shouldn't be. Don't wander into the street. Uh, 
and I think overall it's probably a good thing, but just to keep some of those safety things in mind, and I think it will be interesting to see how it evolves to kind of accommodate some of um, some of those concerns that I think that are popping up that maybe were a little bit unexpected. Yeah, I, it will. It, you're right. It does seem like there are a lot of good things with some areas that you know, a general, and I don't think it's even we could even say it's pathological. For people to keep looking at their phones or responding to that because mm -hmm. it's just so common and oh, one of the things we look at is statistical deviance or rarity but it's just so common and affecting so many people that you know even while they're driving they can't put their phone away or oh absolutely doing it and so and and i can understand that that you know i i say that in a practical sense and not a judgmental sense i understand absolutely. that stuff too yeah i agree so uh, maybe shifting gears a little bit, mm -hmm. I noticed that you have a graphic novel with you today, <laughs> uh, and something that we'd like to talk about maybe a little bit. What, what have you got there? I have Dark Knight by um, Paul Dini, a true Batman story, and I heard about this because you had mentioned Kevin Smith. Have we even talked about Kevin Smith on this podcast yet? <sighs> if we haven't, it's, it's a real shame. He's um, a major inspiration for podcasting. He's kind of a patron saint of podcasting. Yep. And so he had Paul Dini on, and who is the maybe? Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, sure. who he is? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Paul is Paul Dini. He was one of the people who worked on Batman the animated series, which is um, probably my favorite version of Batman, and certainly what I watched as a, as a young lad, and what got me interested in Batman and the character and the universe, and and really led to him why you know was set the foundation for why I am so engaged and. And passionate about the character today and uh, he was involved in Batman the animated series and actually was I think the person who created Harley Quinn uh, a character he created specifically for that show which I don't really need to give too much information about she's just wildly popular at this point and actually we've spoken about her in previous podcasts uh, as well so but yeah so he he uh, was a part of that and helped with at least one of the Batman animated movies, and he's been involved with some of the comics and graphic novels as well, so I think he's certainly someone who's contributed a significant amount to um, the character of Batman, in addition to the universe and, and a lot of the other characters, and, and really created such a rich uh, story, so yeah. Yeah, and we talked about, you're right, we talked about Mad Love, yep. which he wrote yep. both the um, cartoon version of it and the comic yep. book of it, so he was talking to Kevin Smith, who is outstanding and in interviewing and talking yes. and telling stories. And actually, there was a part of the podcast that he was on that was very emotional because Paul Dini disclosed this traumatic event he had experienced where he was mugged and beat up pretty brutally. Yep. I mean, it's it's really disturbing, Absolutely. the details <clears throat> of it. And so he had this idea of... It's interesting, he had these feelings a little bit of betrayal at times mm -hmm. for for Batman not being able to save him and yep. he had this during this experience but then ultimately and won't give too much away if you want to read the graphic novel um had these experience of how Batman characters had to do with his recovery from that issue too mm -hmm. and so wrote this fantastic I mean I this is honestly one of my favorite graphic novels Mine too. Yeah, I mean absolutely. it's so creative it's a it's a non-fiction in the way that he tells a story and how the events unfolded of his mugging and the aftermath of that and talks about his childhood yep. and other experiences he's had. But part of the really unique part is that it does involve Batman characters kind of commenting as he's going 
about living his life and they and playing roles, you know, at, at different points, kind of encouraging him, but also discouraging him depending on who yeah. the character mm-hmm. is. And so I that's part of what appealed to me is the creativity, but also the disclosure of his mental health problems. I think that could mm-hmm. do a lot for people to hear someone talk in depth about things they might have similarly experienced. So those are my favorite aspects of it generally. What about you? Oh, I think you hit on a lot of, I mean, it was, that's a really great overview of the graphic novel and why I also thought it was so wonderful. Um, I think it really just, I really liked, um, and I was really surprised by how open and how vulnerable he was in um, kind of detailing some of the things that he struggled with as a child and growing up and some of his own self-image just even coming into adulthood and figuring out who who was he and what was his role and uh, and then you know going through the mugging and obviously that was incredibly traumatic and I think he comments in the graph now that he he thought he was going to die um, so obviously a huge event and, and had a massive impact on him and then just really detailing how much he struggled um, to recover from that both physically and emotionally and just kind of using the Batman characters and then other there are other characters too that make appearances which I thought was really interesting from outside of the Batman universe from a variety of different um, sources but yeah just seeing how you know he really kind of embodied some of these characters and how you know, like Two-Face when he felt like he was maybe being too for- two-faced in his interactions with um, certain individuals. And the Joker is always there, you know. And, and I really liked the way that he wrote the Joker and this, how the Joker kind of acts like he's being his friend in a way. And, and you know, when he's struggling and he wants to avoid things and avoid uh, processing things and avoid getting better and getting back to his life, the Joker it tells him to embrace that and says, oh, you've had a hard time. Of course you should, you know, take the day off, play some video games. And I think it was interesting because and then in those situations, and not to give too much away, but mm-hmm. Batman often steps in and, and is a little bit harsher with him. Um, but I think in a way that, that you can tell he's like being pushed towards getting better and being pushed towards taking the action um, to get back on his feet and, and recover and re you know get involved with his career again and keep working on Batman. And, and I, I think I really like that because I think... Um, I mean, I think that's probably an experience that we can all relate to when we've gone through a hard time is you just kind of want to just sit back and, and you, it's hard it's hard to push through things and it's hard to, you know, uh, persevere when you're having a hard time. So I think just having, you know, it was kind of just so inspiring for me to read and just see, you know, yeah, Batman's there. And, and the way that he writes it too is, I mean, obviously he's not physically there telling you, but he was there for him as a character, and oh, he can be there for other people too, and and push people on, and and keep people moving. I, it was just an awesome story, and, and it really resonated with me, and and I would just absolutely highly recommend it. You know, in, I've read a, a fair share of comics, but this is really, I mean, maybe my favorite, if not, you know, in my top three. It's it was really incredible. Oh, oh, I completely agree. And one of the things that I like about what you're talking about with regarding Batman is that. Yeah, he's harsh, and he's kind of, like, pushing him. You really need to step up, and you can't hide from these things. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, the opposite of the Joker. And But that's truly what I... A lot of times in therapy, that's what we do with our clients. Absolutely. And I do believe that is actually a loving way to act, even if it mm-hmm. seems harsh, because it's saying, I believe that you can face these things and rise above it, and I want to see you do it, versus just saying, you know, it's okay, just kind of keep avoiding things and hide out. And so it's this mixture of compassion 
but also faith that I think you can do more than what you're doing. And I think you are resilient enough to get through that. And so I like that. I like the fact that therapy is actually depicted in this graphic novel. I think that helps a lot, you know, to just to see that. But there are also a lot of dark parts. I mean, there's um, self-injury and and drinking and all of these other types of things. And, and he doesn't shy away from that, which that in and of itself, I think, is the strength of, of his resilience to be able to tell this story and, and not hide from it. Oh, absolutely. And that, I think that's a really great point. And, and I'm happy that you brought that up is, is making that and showing how that's analogous to therapy, because I wonder if there isn't sometimes a misconception that maybe that's what therapy is, is just, oh, yeah, that, that sounds challenging and, and that's tough. And, and, and of course, there is that comforting and, and, you know, there is that relationship, but there also is a really a, a big component of accountability and taking action and making progress. Because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're just sitting as a therapist and, and letting someone just vent and avoid problems, what, what you're doing is really enabling um, enabling some dependency on you, I think, as, as a therapist and, and as an outlet for them and, and not really helping them facilitate some independence and, and really, um, you know, engaging in some action and moving forward and making that progress. I, I think that's a really great point, and I think that you're right. It, it, it does seem a little bit maybe a little confrontational, a little harsh in the way that Batman did it, but I think that's, I mean, like you said, that's the way that, that you can help someone work through something and, and help them, you know, take that stand for themselves and, and become that resource for themselves, ultimately. Yeah, it can be empowering. I mean, mm -hmm. there yes, there's a way that it's done and it's not helpful that's more shaming, saying, oh, you know, you, need, you just need to snap out of it. But oh, that's absolutely. not what's happening here. It's acknowledging you've been through something horrible, but I have the faith in you. To, to, to step up and be able to move past this and, and contribute the other things in your life that you're going to contribute. And, in fact, he has contributed mm -hmm. a ton. I, just kind of more from a literary perspective, I, I know we're almost out of time, but um, I also just liked the parallel of Harley Quinn and the actress who plays the voice of Harley Quinn, both being helpful characters to helpful person in real life and a helpful character. I, I just thought that was nice how he tied so many things together like that throughout. I thought that was really cool. Oh, absolutely. So maybe just in closing for that mm -hmm. one, I think I speak for us both when I say, absolutely, please go out, pick this up. It's absolutely, it's a it's a quick read. Mm -hmm. I, would, I absolutely enjoyed it, though. Um, we'll link to it for sure absolutely. so that you can easily access it. Yep. And if you live locally, I'll loan you my copy. Absolutely, yep. So please give it a read. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, you know, leave a comment let us know what are you thinking about pokemon go are you playing it what are your thoughts on it is it good is it bad are we what are we going to learn from that um there's some anecdotal thoughts about the psychology behind it we'd love to hear what you think and then maybe if you've read the a dark knight or if you do end up picking up so let us know what you think about that and otherwise we'd just love to thank you uh for listening in and and check out our facebook page check out our Twitter page, check out our blog page, check it all out, follow us, like, subscribe, all of the above, and let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about, maybe in uh, character blog posts for the blog, otherwise what you'd like to hear us maybe comment on um, on the podcast. Otherwise, if you have any other just general questions that you'd love to hear a couple of uh, nerdy psychologists talk about, that's fine too. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll hear from you next time, or see you next time.